0: It's an interesting question whether or not the way that a person's life unfolds is or isn't uh, their fault. Uh, And uh, obviously, if we ask people whose life hasn't turned out the way that they might have liked, of course they're going to say, it's not my fault. Or the vast majority of people will say, it's not my fault. But we understand what this is, the defense mechanism. We feel better. When we say, it's not my fault. If it's somebody else's fault, then it, the blame is not on me. Then I don't look bad. I'm just a victim of somebody or something else. So here we might want to differentiate to help attain clarity on this question between the inner and the outer experience of a person's life. So, and uh, and, and comment a little bit on any potential correlation between the two. Meaning, uh, <laughs> that we can call kind of this would might well be an arbitrary line but we can draw a line somewhere as it concerns uh, experiences which others can readily attest to for example the sky and the color of the sky and the different buildings and the streets and the sidewalks and and the cars and things like this we can agree there's an external world the sky the cars and such and such Uh, we can kind of beneath this line if that's how i want to think about it we can put our emotions we can put our experiences, uh, or memories, um, or kind of personal experiences, all kinds of things like that. And then we can say there's an inner and an outer world. So uh, we would then, we posit that past a certain age, there is a, a strong correlation between a person's inner and their outer world. Why? Because most people are not content to leave their outer world in any which way, irrespective of the way that their inner world is. So for example, if a person is very ambitious and they grow up in a very poor environment, they will almost surely very, very strongly fight uh, and strive to change their environment, to change what they're seeing around themselves. They're not going to be content with seeing a small little apartment. They want to to see a large mansion or a small beat-up car. They want the nice car. So eventually, with enough time, the outer begins to, in most cases where it's at all possible, begins to reflect the inner. If a person has a self-image of being a very fit individual and the outer doesn't reflect that, meaning a person is gravitationally challenged or vice versa, too skinny, they're going to work to conform the outer to the inner. And depending on the the desire, the inner desire that they have, that's how hard they're going to work. If they really, really, really don't want to be a gravitationally challenged person or too skinny, they're going to work really, really, really hard to not be. And if there's any way at all, possible in some medical conditions, but let's say possible then with enough time, impossibility. It stands to the reason it's going to happen. So, obviously, a baby, babies are born with different abilities, different uh, temperaments, different degrees of intelligence and capacity in all kinds of different situations, in poverty, and in wealth, and in the countryside, and in the city, and in developing nations, and in uh, developed nations, in all kinds of places. So, consequently, we can't um, kind of say that, oh, immediately, that's the the fault of, that's the responsibility of the baby, the kind of outer situation that the baby finds him or herself in. And we would also say we can't attribute responsibility to a five-year-old or to a 10-year-old or maybe even to a 15-year-old or to an 18-year-old maybe nowadays, especially in in some countries. But eventually, when a person is 20, when a person is 25, when a person is 30, and so forth, it stands the reason that the outer will begin to reflect the inner if there's any possibility of that whatsoever we can make up thought experiments where a person is goodness forbid you know bound down for by their crazy parents since they're born and consequently that inhibits any any possibility of development goodness forbid unfortunately there probably are some cases like that then there's external circumstances such as malnourishment and uh, extreme violence and depravity and poverty that can also stifle even great potential. But aside from such extremes, generally the inner being of a person begins to express itself in due time. The desires that uh, belong to to a a given person, they, they begin to manifest themselves. The reason it may not be clear is because we talk a lot and every person obviously will say, I want to be very wealthy. I want to be very successful. I want to be have my, you know my own business, or I want to be uh, a star athlete, and this and that. Everybody talks, but there's a difference between uh, talk and real desires. And real desires, it, it, it's like a seed in the ground that that inevitably grows, uh, and uh, it, it, except a very durable seed that, that it, it can take a lot to to uproot it and to destroy it. And uh, consequently, if a person has a real desire, for example, to be wealthy chances are they will be wealthy whether or not whatever circumstance they start out in. again assuming any kind of remote possibility and we have plenty of examples throughout history uh, for all intents and purposes endless examples of exactly that of people becoming very successful from the toughest circumstances and people from the best circumstances becoming not uh, successful Uh, and uh, the same thing then goes for say intellectual accomplishments we have examples of Successful scientists and artists and uh, and writers and, and all kinds of folk like that, folks like that uh, from all areas of the world, uh, from all different kinds of nations and all different kinds of circumstances. Why? Because if that desire is there initially, it's just about impossible to stop it. Again, aside from these crazy thought experiments that we can think up or that unfortunately may in truth happen, uh, goodness forbid, but aside from that, eventually a person will kind of make it out it stands to reason or begin to to kind of conform their life to to their inner self, to their inner being. Uh, But further, we have the aspect, we we tend to pay attention strictly to the outer in terms of how much money does a person have, how famous are they, how successful are they in business or in Hollywood or Bollywood or in sports or something like that. But there's also the question of uh, the kind of the, the the quality of, of the human being, meaning the extent that the mind has developed, the the the, the morals, uh, and uh, the extent that a person has reduced their ego, has expanded their sense of self, loves others, all that kind of stuff. So we see further that um, it, there, there's extremes here. In one extreme, where there's a, a person is is uh, is kind of uh, destined for, for greatness, it's the same thing. We see that a person can grow up in the worst poverty, in the worst conditions, with the worst parents, in the worst neighborhood, and they're going to grow up to be a saintly person, a terrific person. In another case, another extreme, a person is destined to be, as we would call it, not to, to imply anything further by that term, destined uh, to be a, you know, a, a psychopath or a sociopath or somebody like that, and they might grow up in a, in a wonderful home with uh, normal middle-class or upper middle middle class parents and who take care of them and all kinds of things and they're still going to end up being a monster. But in the middle, it seems to to do a lot with upbringing. It seems to do a lot with uh, how the parents raise um, the child and um, consequently uh, uh, there there comes a point at a certain time where a person attains self-consciousness and they become aware of their own existence in some way, shape or form. And that's the point that we would say it begin, uh, uh, at which we would hold a person responsible eventually for the kind of person they become. And what does it seem to, to hang on? It seems to hang on on whether uh, uh, or not a person is honest. Ultimately, every little choice that we have, that we face, we can either be a little bit more honest or we can be a little bit less honest. We can either uh, uh, kind of uh, admit what, what we are at the moment what, what, Where we are What we need to do In order to move ahead What's going on Or we can deny it And consequently We can either Excuse me Move ourselves In a positive direction Or in a direction That we do not want to go in So it's the same thing uh, We wouldn't hold a 5 year old child Responsible for how he or she is Not a 10 year old child not, not even a 15 year old kid But at a certain point 18, 19, 20 25, we begin to hold a person responsible for who he or she is. Because aside from these extreme cases where a person has no choice whether to be uh, a, a fine human being or, or uh, a kind of a, a sociopathic, psychopathic temperament, they, these are real things that people struggle with that they cannot, they, they just does not click whatsoever for, for them how anybody else's interest relates to theirs. They don't have an ounce of quote unquote empathy. Or sympathy it's a real struggle so we would put that aside that's a separate discussion we would put aside the people that from from birth by necessity they they can't help but be kind to others they can't help but be nice and all these kinds of things and everybody else we would say it's a step-by-step process of, of either favoring the truth a little bit or stepping away from it a little bit and consequently a person makes him or herself, and that's really the world that he or she lives in irrespective of the external circumstances. And consequently, uh, it's also not fair to to judge um, or or to say, oh, a person is not responsible for for his or her world because, look, they're not that rich or they didn't uh, get the job that they wanted. That's one thing we would say that has a correlation, sometimes a high correlation with uh, who a person is. But who a person is, is a separate thing. Uh, is, it can be considered separately. And that, we would say, is in direct correspondence to the person's choices and to nothing else. Now, we tend to, this, this places a heavy burden on the individual and says that we are responsible for ourselves. It's a moral vision of our psychology of our uh, and of our development. Meaning, it has to do with our choices to either favor the truth or step away from truth. This is, this is a heavy burden, and it's, uh, it's not pleasant, especially for people that feel that they have failed in this regard, so consequently, the reaction is, like we said at the beginning, to project outward and say, no, it's not. It's the fault of the reason that my life is not the way I like it, the reason I'm not happy, uh, etc., I'm suffering from all these issues, is not because of anything to do with me. It's because of my brain, or it's because of a chemical in my brain, or it's because of my environment, or it's because of my genetics. Or something like this. So we can say that, but it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the person. It doesn't help anybody who's trying to help the person. These are simply terms. We can say it's the fault of blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. The fact is that putting aside absolute extremes, obviously there's people born with Down syndrome. There's people born with um, extreme intellectual disorders. And we obviously we don't say, oh, that's the person's fault. But when a person is born with uh, and has even the basic capacity to think and to reason and to understand, uh, even if there's many other issues involved, we, we say that it does have come down to the person's choices. Will the person back away from the truth? Will they back away from what they have to do and when they have to do it? Or will they do it? And if a person backs away, obviously, the, the, there are consequences. And, and the consequences can last a lifetime so if a person for example cannot overcome themselves and and do a difficult thing when they're supposed to do it then that could that could be for for many years at least until they make up for it so obviously that's an additional additional pain additional responsibility to say that was my fault so we say it was somebody else's fault the reason i have a lot of anxiety is because of uh you know again the chemicals in my brain the reason i'm very fearful the, the, you know, the the neurons uh, are not misfiring, the reason that uh, I'm depressed and I'm not happy, oh, it's it's a clinical, right? Like, come on, it's a clinical condition, all right? Uh, the reason that uh, I'm, et uh, cetera, et cetera, right? So, we would say that we can say any kinds of words that we want, but conceptually speaking, the, uh, we would say it absolutely has to do with our choices. It has to do with our understandings. It has to do with how we perceive and conceive of ourselves and others and the world and our understandings. And that, to be fair, many people don't have a fighting chance to be much. Because without proper instruction, what, what can we be? Unless we're destined to be something, what, what can we be? We don't know anything. Again, and we don't know what we don't know. That, that's what further compounds the problem. We're not aware of how far we are from who and what we need to be. Just like a baby doesn't know that he or she is not an adult. You go to a baby, why are you a baby? Come on, be an adult. No, the baby only knows what it's like to be a baby. A little kid only knows what it's like to be a little kid. So when we grow up, we think and everybody else thinks that, we, that, that we're an adult, that we're emotionally and intellectually mature and developed. But chances are we're not and we don't know it. And we think that that, we, that, that we're something when we're very, very far from it. And that's the that's part of the it's part of the dilemma, right? We think I'm exactly the, the way I need to be, and like, why am I not perfect? Why am I not happy? Why do I have issues? So a very probable answer is that we're on the level of development of of of, 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 of at most 11, 12, 13 year old that has been properly developed, that our intellect and our emotions and our self esteem is at a, as a is at an elementary minute level, but we just don't know because we're stuck with ourself. So how do we kind of figure that out, we have to take it on faith that there's people greater than us we have to take it on faith that it's our fault that we don't feel the way we want to feel and that the, that is evidence that we are not the person who, uh, that we need to be because a, a, a person that has properly developed him or herself that has made the proper choices over a long period of time does not feel depressed and does not feel anxious and is not fearful and, and does not hate half the world and does not... Um, you know, is not always going crazy and always nervous about everything and, and and so forth and so on. It's just a fact. It's not. So when we, if if that's us, we know that we are not who we need to be. So we might be if we admit that and if we start working on ourselves, we might be only a year or two away from being a completely different person. But because our pride gets in the way and we begin to say, "What do you mean? I'm 20. I'm 30. I'm 40. I'm 100. I'm 120. I'm already a." A mature person. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I know everything. And okay. And then we never, ever grow. And we remain the same with our issues. And then our issues become part of our pride, becomes part of our identity. I know my issues. I'm open about my issues, this, that. All right. But it's not my fault. It's because of my brain and the neurons. And it's because of uh, the other people and the parents and this and that. And then it's a mess. And, and who knows what. But again, we we do hold that there's that Even if it's a little pinpoint, there's that possibility of being honest about something. There's that possibility of making contact at some point with something. That's not just our talk and not just our stories and our nonsense. And that's what we have to try to find in ourselves. That little point where we can make contact with reality. And then we can begin to climb up out of the ditch that we are in. And begin to really truly develop. And again, if we humble ourselves and we apply ourselves a year, two years, three years of intensive work on ourselves, and we can mature ourselves. It's not even anything. It's like we can become a real adult. We can become a person. Again, the vast majority of us, we stop at the development of uh, from 11 to, to 15 or 16 years old and then that's it. The, the mind and the, the emotions, they stop and then the body continues to age. So just a question, two more years, three more years of development, but it never occurs usually because of our pride and all that stuff we mentioned. So we just need to get that process rolling a couple of years and we can be good. So let's think about it. Good, Good stuff to think about. Thank you for listening.